Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show, an episode of Who Says No. It's just the duo today. It's me, Coop. You can find me at, at Coop underscore Leon on all socials. And I'm here with a, uh, a well-known stranger. Who are you, sir? Oh, it's Gordo here. You can find me on Twitter at Boston Sports Gordo. There you go. And you can find all, all things Bradfoe Show at Bradfoe underscore show anywhere you want to find us. And don't forget to subscribe, follow, like, leave a comment. Say, I don't know, we're all handsome, we're smart. Uh, that you enjoy the show anywhere that you listen. But more importantly, download the Odyssey app and listen there too. Uh, and then also also oh, tell us how much you oh, love McFarlane, McFarlane Energy. There we go. Gotta, there we go. He we need right the shout outs there. Talk about I mean, handsome. Like, when you're just like, when you're just chilling, maybe you're having like a nice meal somewhere. You're out, you got a... I don't know, an Italian restaurant in the North End. And you just you just have some really good chicken parm. Do you want your yelling? Instead of Mamma Mia, we're not saying Mamma Mia anymore. Oh, it's so outdated. It's, it's out, so outdated. It, yeah. It's not in vogue. What are we yelling? Everyone just at the top of their lungs, when they taste that sweet chicken parm, Ooh. They, they are just yelling. What are they McFarlane. Yelling? Oh, McFarlane, baby. And with that, oh, it's a beautiful thing to quote, to quote the, the great Ooh. Dennis Eckersley. It's a beautiful Are we thing. Are poetically? It's hard not to be poetic. I mean, when you're talking about McFarlane, baby. I know. Shout out McFarlane. Shout out McFarlane. But on that note, we're just, we're, we're giddy with the light because the Red Sox are good. They might, they might be good. <laughs> they might be. So I, I, this is I, like we have so like we can't be doing this all season. We can't be doing this like where we're just we like, might oh, be doing it all season. It's the mid because they are the mid socks. They're gonna have ebbs. They're gonna have flows. And like the best way to look at this is like they're Jackie Bradley Jr. Twenty twenty three is the Jackie oh, Bradley God. Jr. year. It's streakiness, but like you get these moments where it's just like holy moly, he's hitting thirty two games in a row. What can he do? And then it's just kind that of was like a wild time. Yeah. When it was just like, and then he had like another, was it a 12 hit streak? I don't know. That year was just. Yeah. And, and, but like, and then like the rest of the year, year. he really just isn't whole, hitting. Yeah. And then honestly, like his whole career, it was just like, he wouldn't hit. And then all of a sudden in the ALCS, he's hitting key, like a key grand slam and winning the MVP of the series. Like that's the, that's the 2023 Red Sox. Like they're going to get you by. They're going to give you some good times. They're going to be. And you know what though, Coop? You know what? You know what they're gonna do, Coop? Though they're they gonna, gonna fight. They're gonna yeah. fight because it, it, like, they may not have won every single game this year, but you can't say they haven't fought almost every single game they fought. Like the only times that you can say that they haven't fought are when Ryan Brazier has entered the game. He's yeah. the one. He like he's the one guy who hasn't fought. You take him out of the equation. Like, oh, I wish I could. We need to get stats like bullpen ERA without bullpen ERA minus Brazier minus Ort. Because that that's would be doable. That's just like that's too much work for me. I gotta. It's a, yeah, no, no, it's a lot of work, and we we could get it, yeah. but maybe maybe need a a few more nights like tonight because the bullpen was nails tonight. Like Schreiber going through the top four in that order, and then Richard Blyer going one two three the next inning, and then Josh Winkowski locking down his Winkowski first. Winkowski with the close, and he wasn't even supposed to be available. No, that's like. That made me very optimistic about the bullpen. Like, yeah. 
going into the season, I think everyone was kind of like, all right, the starters were like pretty sure on offense. We're pretty sure on bullpen's the weird part. And it's the bullpen has been like the most sure part or not really over the bats, obviously, but like over the, the starting rotation, like the bullpen has really showed up. And today was kind of like cementing that, Hey, like we can carry the torch if things get a little dicey. Yeah. Just don't throw Brazier in the mix. That's all that would I ask. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the bullpen, it's like, it depends on how you look at it because the back end of the bullpen almost every time has gotten it done. Like Josh Winkowski has gotten it done almost every time. Like Henley Jansen almost every time gets it done. Like all these back end guys have been great and the stats are going to get tainted a little bit by the bottom of the pen guys. And, you know, Richard Blyer has definitely gotten it together a little bit better recently, but like, you know, Caleb Ward just got sent down and Ryan Brazier has been Ryan Brazier. Like once guys get healthy, like if Joely Rodriguez comes back and pitches well, if Wyatt Mills comes back and pitches well, like Bernardino looks pretty good. He, like the, he's a guy he's, that can get you through like tough times. And that's what they missed last year. It was like all these guys were getting hurt and no one could really fill their role. Like Duvall and I, Lou Merloni and, and this Will goes were all around about it at the end of the game today on the broadcast. And they were saying like Duvall goes down. And you expect this offense to come to a screeching halt. And you saw that with Tampa. And that's when you got worried. But since then, everyone has picked up their, like, their brunt of, like, the the weight that, like, Duvall was carrying. And they're just still clicking. And they're winning games. And they're being competitive. And now they're just, I don't know, how high can they climb up the AL East rankings? That's because the teams above them are also winning at the same type of clip. Yeah. it's good to take these games against like AL East rivals because that that's, that's how the only way you climb. can catch them. <laughs> yeah. No. And to your point before, like last year, we always wondered like the Rays would, they lost Wander Franco, you know, best hitter goes down and they just kept winning. And then the Red Sox would lose like Trevor story goes down and it, and it kills their season. And it's like, why can't this team lose a key guy and, find any production elsewhere when, when a team like the Rays just they just keep moving and this year this team has felt a little bit more like the Rays like we all talked about it when Duvall went down they're not going to hit left-handed pitching like they don't have any right-handed bats you don't have Duvall you don't have story and guys just step up there are guys hitting left-handed pitching that we didn't know could hit left-handed pitching like Duran has gotten opportunities to start against lefties and, and he's hit them and you know they've been more than trusting in Rob Ref Snyder, who had a couple of hits today, including you know a big RBI single. Like guys have stepped up. I mean, it's not it's something we didn't see last year. And to be honest with you, in 2021, when guys went down, we didn't really see that either. Like you remember when Bogarts went down with COVID in Tampa, and then they just went on a skid? yeah. Everyone fell flat like for the next week or two, and that's when like yeah. they really kind of fell out of that AL East like contention and like that's when you started clinging to like oh they need to just keep this wild card slot right now because the Yankees are deciding their fate right yeah because the Yankees got to choose who they wanted to play no it was gonna be it was down to the wire the Yankees all they had to do was win the last game of the year and they would have that's right us in the wild card game but they lost so we hosted them yeah and yeah because if they had won like it was like that whole thing where it was like they had the choice of who they wanted to play, and they said that they wanted to play the Red Sox because they knew that they could beat the Red Sox. Like I they would the rather Blue take Jays the Red Sox. Also, at- actually, wait, no, you might be. Eh, I don't know if you're right there, Coop, because 
what the Yankees are going to decide who does and doesn't make the playoffs. There's no way. No, it was just there like was a matter some... of like. Oh, you know what it might have been? COVID year, wasn't yeah. it? Or no, no it wasn't. Oh, the year after COVID year. All right, but dude, you know this, we got to. This is. I need to figure this out. It might have been if it, if there was a three way tie for the two wild card spots, then there would have been some weird little tournament, and the Yankees might have gotten to choose some part of the tournament because I think they may have had like some sort of tiebreaker. Okay, I think I have it right here. Um, Enlighten me. Um, what's the date on this? Okay, October third, twenty twenty one report: Yankees choose Red Sox, not Jays, as a tiebreaker opponent. This is from NBC Sports Boston. The Yankees have chosen the Boston Red Sox as their opponent in the event of a four-way tie for the two American League wildcard spots. ESPN's Jeff Passan reported Sunday. New York had the option of choosing to play either the Blue Jays in Toronto or the Red Sox in Boston and selected their longtime rival per Jeff Passan. So that was like the whole like bulletin board material of like, they yep. would rather play us at home because they think that they can beat us in Fenway Park. F you. We're going to take this. Oh, my God. That year was awesome. Uh, but I digress. Where were we? We we brought up 2021 because when when Bogarts and, you know, Kike, I think, also went down with COVID. Like, they didn't. They, they needed guys healthy yep. to produce in 2021. Yep. Whereas this year, you know, guys have gone down and it's just next man up. And to be honest with you, they've built depth in the rotation to to be able to do that when starters go down. And when guy when bats have gone down, other other guys stepped up. Like Yu Chang stepped in and and played really good shortstop defense and had some key homers. And you know, then he goes down and they call it Valdez and he hits a huge home run last night. Like it's it, it's just coming from everywhere. And can it's I say, awesome. Can I I'm gonna take ownership right here. Okay. As of right now. I owe Heim Bloom an apology for mocking him for the roster construction. Cause right now it's checking out, it's doing its job and it's all those guys you just named. Those are pretty young guys, huh? Those are guys that you're hoping are going to be here for the next few years while we start developing those big name guys down in single a down in Greenville or Greenville right now. What is now single a? Uh, it depends on, cause there's, Salem too depends yeah. on different levels. They have way too many. It's Salem, Greenville are the A balls. Okay, and then Portland double. Portland double. They have triple. okay. Florida Gulf. I don't yeah, know why like... this doesn't matter, but um, yeah, yeah. Like eventually, like. It's nice that like, you know, Connor Wong is the guy that's coming up tonight as Exactly. Like he's Look at he's your young catcher that you're like just hoping that like can platoon, but now he's stepping up and he's kind of like, Oh, maybe he's a bat that we can't risk taking out of the order, much like how Vasquez was in like 2017, 2018. Yeah. It's hilarious because the things you know you're gonna get with Wong, he's got tops almost tops in baseball pop time. He plays really good defense and he's like really fast for a catcher. And the one uncertainty is what are you going to get with the bat? And it's, if you're going to get spurts like this, basically at any point, like how can you, how can you not play the guy? And to your point before, like the Heim Bloom point, it's insane to see like which guys are contributing in big ways to these wins. Like tonight, 
It's like Connor Wong, two bombs and a double. And then Winkowski from the Benintendi trade locks down the save. Last night, Alex Verdugo with the walk-off home run. That's from the Mookie trade. Like, you could just keep going on. Like, Valdez with the key home run last night from the Vasquez trade. Like, it's just... It's trending. But hold on, hold on. It's trending in the right direction, though. Because, like, this is, like, the whole, like... Like we said, yes. this is the yes. Jackie Bradley Jr. team. Like this is yes, we are they're not skirting. When are we is is there going to be a fall from grace? I think there is going to be eventual like fall and like we're gonna come back down to earth. So like it's nice. Well, it's gonna depend on the rotation. Yeah. Because in that's a good it, transition <laughs> there. That's a good transition yeah. there, because we're gonna be talking about that. Um how are you feeling about the rotation as of right now after the last few days? Because they looked good over the weekend. Yeah, well, it's it's so interesting. Like this group is so interesting because, and I know I know Rob likes to make this comparison a lot, but it really is similar to that. Like he's the ace staff with like Wade Miley and Justin Masterson and those guys. Uh, after that was yeah, that was after Lester left. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, and every one of these guys is capable of going out there and maybe going six innings, one run, like it's on the table. Like even, even a guy like Corey Kluber, like he doesn't look particularly good, but last night he let up a three run Homer and that was that. And it like the rest of it wasn't necessarily pretty, but he, he got the job done the rest of the way. Tanner Houck tonight, he went six innings and yeah, he let up six runs, but five of the six innings were scoreless. Like, these guys have a lot of bumps and bruises, but like a good quality start is always on the table for them. So the question really is always going to be like, what's like, what, which guys do you want starting the games? And for the guys who aren't starting the games, like what role do you have for them? Because like, it's not as much of a conversation today, but the conversation on Twitter last week was, or not really question more like demand was like DFA Corey Kluber. And like, For a million reasons, that's not possible, but you could really go a million different directions. I mean, we were talking about it last week on this show of like, what are we doing with these guys? Um, and now like we were, so transition to our like little who says no part of like, who says no to these type of rotations that we've got coming down the line of like, what point do you want to say? Like right before the all-star break, what do we think the, the rotation will look I- like? What do we want to say? I think at? I think there's two games to play here. Two who says no games here. Okay. And I think one is like in a perfect world without like the politics of he's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. You're paying him $27 million, stuff like that. Just who are the best five guys that you want to see start games? And then taking everything into account realistically, like who do you think the, the five guys in there will be for whatever reasons you have. Okay. All right. So I was, because I think there's it. two very different answers. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like, can I get creative with this and like pull a trade and like, see if I can fit this guy into the rotation. I think that that's on the table. Okay. Okay. That should I be will... on the table. I have an interesting one in mind, a practical one in mind too. It's not like a crazy, like, I was thinking Shohei Otani, like, can I shoehorn him into this episode? Uh, I'm not going to force that on people, but just know that I have now dropped his name in this episode, so I win that one. Um, I also think that the rotation would be better with Shohei Otani. Yeah, come on, who says no? Who says no? 
Certainly not me. Not I'm me. not saying no. Not me. So, all right. We're getting in the time machine. We're hopping out. What do, you, what do we think? Who's day one starter? Who do you have? I don't want to do it in order because it's it like none of these guys are aces. Coop. I was about to say, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it really, it's not like, oh, we have the number two day coming up. Like, OK, I'm I'm going to I want to give First you my ideal Yankee series. It doesn't matter who you're probably starting Chris Sale, but it's like, what does it matter if you start Chris Sale? I'm going to give you I'm going to give you my like what I would want and what I and what I do want. I, I think the most important guy who needs to be starting games for the Red Sox from today through the end of the year is Bale, Brian Bale. He has to be in it. Developmental reason? I think both. I think developmentally, like, that's the obvious reason. But I also think that, yes, he's had some bumps and bruises, and, like, obviously he's dealing with multiple things with his hand right now. But, like, when he gets his command back to the level that it was in September. Like in September of last year, he was their best starter. Like he was. And he has so much room to grow. So it's, it's not only for developmental reasons. Like we want this guy to bud into that number two to ace caliber starter that he can be. I also think that he just give him a a month or two months of, of straight consecutive every fifth or sixth day starts and he's going to be one of the top two pitchers on the staff. So I think he's the most important guy there. Okay. So my, my, my second, the second guy I want to see, and this is, this is an opinion that I think some people are jumping ship here, but I'm sticking with Garrett Whitlock, the starter. Oh, I'm sticking with it. And oh. I'm going to lead the train on this until it falls off the tracks because I, I believe he can do this. And Jen McCaffrey I, had not a positive wrong. report like, on it, his injury. You're not wrong. It's just more of kind of like we need bullpen help. We know he can help, be helpful in the bullpen. What we've seen from him from being a starter, there is some good, but it's mostly not great. And I would just like to see him where I know I'm comfortable with him. So it's but, very comfort. Yeah. Like having him in the bullpen is comforting. Yeah. I, I definitely it's agree like there. it's and like chicken noodle he, soup he on really a rainy helpful. day. That's that's all you want. You want something that will like keep you comfort. But like you want to sit, sit there. Rain's coming down. The game hasn't been called yet at Fenway Park because they want to fit the game in. So you, but you're just chilling there on the soup. Or you're chilling there on the couch with your soup. And Garrett Whitlock comes in. That's what you want. That's comfort right there, Gordo. But Coop, sometimes what? we got to get uncomfortable. Sometimes. <sighs> You got to get uncomfortable to get what you want. And what I want is that future workhorse Rick Porcello type guy that I know okay. he can be. I and and like most young starters, it's not going to be linear. It's not going to be easy smooth sailing to get there. Like you got to let him work through things. Like he jumped on the scene as a reliever and it was easy and he just did it and he he made it look simple. But Pitching out of like starting games and, and throwing 90 to 100 pitches and trying to get through seven innings, like it's harder. It's hard. It's a different ball game. And he's he's gonna have to work through bumps and bruises. But the fact of the matter is, for the most part, he keeps you in games even with the bumps and bruises. And I know you want him in the bullpen, 
But if he's in the rotation and these starters are healthy, other guys get pushed to the bullpen. So they're not going to be Garrett Whitlock, but like you're going to have reinforcements. Like you're going to, if when guys get healthy, you're not going to be stuck with Ryan Brazier out there. You're right. You're right. You're right. I That's mean, just my thought. And I know, I know I, I, there's tons of people, particularly now with the injury, that think that Garrett Whitlock, when he's healthy, should be in the pen. I'm not there yet. I still think he can be a good starter. I, I believe in the kid. And the tough thing that I know you're right because it's like, you signed him to an extension. He's going to be here next year. What's this bullpen going to look like next year? You're not too sure, but you're trying to shape this rotation for what it can be. So it makes sense to keep him in that slot even through and like that. And that's the other thing, even though we're winning right now, it's still, we're still the mid Sox. It's still the mid Sox, and you still have to treat it like it's the developmental year of the mid Sox. So I know yep. that you're right, but I also know like I like seeing him work out of the bullpen and be a dog there and just like eat up innings. Um, and you know what, Coop? If if they get to the end of the season and it's been up and down, and you're in September and it's a playoff race, and like, yeah, you then you can move games, them back. Then, there. Yeah, you can you can you can mess with it. God, I think we should change up the game a little bit here, Coop. Okay. I okay. think I think we name a starter. Slot, like one of these eight guys, and the who says no is like it's start, starter or reliever. Where do you want him? Okay, I dig that. Right. Ooh, you know, and, you uh, know how we're going to do this? We're only this is going to take a little bit. We're, I'm going to have to do a little editing here. Okay. A little magic. We're going to break out the wheel. Right. We're not doing the wheel. RIP the we wheel. Just go through one by one. Yeah. RIP. Um, I don't know why we have certain guys. All right. Um, all right. So Chris Sale, or do you want to do it in that rotation? Just random? You can pick. I know how we're going to do this. Ready? We're going to go by this. Uh, innings pitched. All right. <laughs> Locked on tie for the first spot. Yeah. Uh, Chris Sale. He's starter. Starter. He's going to be... Until... Yeah, he's gonna be there. Yeah. I I would say the only, the only way. Oh God, I get like even that, even then, like even if he's, because he's not gonna be terrible. Chris Sale every time out there, like you know how like after the first three or so starts, it felt like we were gonna get terrible Chris Sale every single time until they made a change. Yep. Like if that somehow happened then they could make him just like a lefty out of the pen. But that I just, at this point, you know, he's had good starts in two of his last three. It feels like he's making legitimate strides. Like, I feel like that's not, that that's just not going to happen. He like, he's going to be starting games yeah. unless he gets hurt. No, I mean, my, my first thought was the exact, the exact same. It was like, the only thing that can hurt him is himself right now. So, yep. uh, and, like, Corey bikes. Kluber, Unless he gets DFA'd, I don't. By June, Coop, this is in your. Hold on, in your ideal world, Coop, do you want Corey Kluber? You get five picks at this. Oh man, you're gonna use one of them on Kluber. In your perfect I, world. I hate this game, dude. It's a hard game. Um, I really like, I suppose like the two guys that like, I'm really not sure on is like Nick Pavetta and Corey Kluber, like which one I would want to bump out. And I think I would trust Nick Pavetta in the bullpen more than I would trust Corey Kluber 
in the bullpen. Like Corey Kluber, I think you would just have to end up like put you would have to just put him down like DFA him. Like I agree with you, Coop, because we've we've seen Pavetta yeah. work out of the pen and be successful. Like Corey Kluber throws 87, 89, like sometimes not even that. Like that doesn't play out of the bullpen. Like if he sticks around, it would be like in a super mop up role. You know, starter can't get through the second inning. They've already let up five runs. You're down five nothing. Like Corey Kluber comes in there and throws five and gets you through it. Like that's that would that's, be yeah. That's the only way like he could be not, in the bullpen. Like he's never what we like. I don't, I can't even picture what he would have to do out of the bullpen to find himself like in leverage spots and like pitching the seventh and eighth innings in like a four run lead. Like I just I can't even picture it. Uh, if the Red Sox are up by like seven runs and they just need to like eat the next three innings without yeah. eating the bullpen, like yes. that's when you put him in. It's like, all right, Corey, you know get, get warmed up. We just put up a five spot, right? And then like if if August rolls around or like the trade deadline rolls around, we'll say, and everyone is healthy and you're trying to make additions to this team. Like at that point, if he hasn't produced and like you've got several guys ahead of him in the rotation and maybe you make a trade deadline acquisition, then I don't think it's disrespectful or like will hinder you with it, with future free agent negotiations. If you DFA a one year guy in August or like at the end of July, like that's, that's the issue is like, I think future, like that's the issue with DFA and the guy in April or may is you'll have future free agents who are nervous about signing here or, or nervous about, you know, yeah, but I feel like here. that happens everywhere. I like, that's kind of the but it's different. It's a two, it's a two time Cy Young award winner. Listen, I think any like, free agent now there. looks at the Boston Red Sox as like, Hey, I have no idea what the front office is going to do to me. Like if they can let Mookie Betts go, if they can let Sandra Bogarts go, like it is all business there. I'm not worried yep. about like free agents now, like concerning themselves with like being here. Like it's, it is what it is. Everyone knows what John Henry does. But they gotta they gotta work to fix that. Like they missed out. Like we're talking about the rotation and we're so uncertain about it. Like guys like Zach Eflin and Andrew Heaney and you know, Andrew Heaney's pitched really well this year outside of his first start. Like guys like that would have helped. And the Red Sox offered Eflin the contract that he got with the Rays and he chose Tampa. And they offered Heaney more than he got with Texas and he chose Texas. Like they gotta they have to fix that. Like guys are looking at the Red Sox the way you're saying they are. Yeah, and that's something that that has to be fixed. And I'm I'm hoping that teams or not teams like players and soon to be free agents see, at least as of today, how much fun they're having, and you know how much guys like Justin Turner and you know Kike Hernandez and Alex Verdugo stepping into leadership roles has changed the vibe in the clubhouse because that's important. Like we like they this needs to be an attractive destination. It's got to seem like fun. We got the New Balance building. That's all we need to oh, yeah, attract that one free agent that I want. Who's that again? Mr. Shohei Otani. Who's that? Mr. Shohei Otani. He's, Shohei a, McFarlane? he's an angel, little known baseball player. Um, he likes to both pitch and hit. It's a little weird. It's a little quirky, but I think it'll yeah, work wacky. out. wacky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving First on. We have started. Tanner oh. Houck. Hold on. Hold on. I, I got to okay, get my take on Actually, wait. Did I give my take when talking about your take? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Corey, Corey yeah. Kluber can can be in low leverage relief by June. That's my take. Yes. Move yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Houck. 
This is also a tough one, Coop. Mm. I want you to go first. I'm keeping him as a starter. I'm I'm now on the Tanner Houck starter train. Like I'm I'm convinced of him in that slot um in trying to build him up. I think it's the same thing as Garrett Whitlock where you're just like you're trying to put him in this spot for the future and have him be here for the Red Sox in that slot for the future so you might as well like let him go out and run and hope that he doesn't fall on his face and if he does fall on his face it's kind of like hey it's the year of the mid Sox. Doesn't matter. Um, but we're looking at the point where now we're in June. This team's still playing this way. We're in a wild card contention slot. <laughs> yeah, I think he can be there to be bumped down. But we've already talked about Pavetta and Whitlock being those guys that you can bump down. And I would like to ride out Tanner Houck in that starting like role. I'm right there with you, Coop, and I, oh, I think we're agreeing too much. I'm, no, but I, I I'll tell you why though. I'll tell you why, because like you said, he so first off he has shown that he can be successful in this role, like as a starting pitcher. He is not like he's had some trouble going deep into games, but overall, like he's been a pretty successful guy and like given more opportunities. Who knows what he could turn into? So I do think that he need you need to give him that opportunity to show you what he is because at the bare minimum, I mean, he's basically lights out in the first three innings of every game he pitches, you know, exactly what you're going to get. If at some point you want to throw him back in the bullpen. So my, my thinking is by June. Yeah. He should still be starting games and you should, you should be giving him opportunities to continue learning and, and working with his new pitches and, and trying to figure out ways to get guys out when, when going through the third time in the order. Cause again, tonight, now, that's when that's when he sort of imploded was when he was facing you know guys like Vlad for the third time and Varsho for the third time. So I want him to work through that. And then I think by the trade deadline, if this team is a contender and they want to bring in a starting pitcher, Tanner Houck, it could kind of seem like a dual addition because you add a surefire starting pitcher to the rotation, you move Tanner Houck to the bullpen, and you basically get a two for one deal. You get an addition in the rotation. You get an addition in the bullpen. I think it's perfect. I dig it, but he's got to be starting games now and hopefully for the foreseeable future. All right. We're going to do scenario as he develops. We're going to do one more pitcher here. Um, and we're going to, no, we're going to do it. We're going to uh, Cutter Crawford. I was hoping you'd bring up Cutter Crawford. Yeah. I saw that name sitting there and I was like, I don't know if we are going to consider him or not. So, but that's why we should talk about him. What are we doing with Cutter Crawford? I'm, I want to give you, I, I feel like this might be a hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take. I don't know where people stand on this. Cause like, I just feel like people don't talk about him enough. I think he needs to be starting. I think he's very much one of their best five guys that they could throw in the rotation today. I, huh. he, he is not, he had that first bad start against the pirates when it was freezing out and Devers dropped that pop up. And like, you can make the argument that a few of those runs he let up should be unearned. He's been lights out ever since like go to the baseball savant page. It's all red. He's throwing. It's, it's not like it's just one or two inning spurts. Like he's going four innings against, uh, who do you just go four innings against? It was Cleveland. He went four no, innings against Cleveland, Cleveland. And then, and then before that, he went, what, six and a third against the Angels. 
borderline perfect. Like it was what one hit. Like this is a guy who's shown that he's capable of succeeding in that role. He showed spurts last year and he's shown that he's a much better pitcher this year. I, I wish that there was an opportunity for him to get more of a look there. I understand like why it hasn't happened, but in my opinion, in my perfect world, no politics or anything like that. I think, I honestly think he's, I, Hey, I would never, I would never think that you would uh, include that within your argument here. Which is what? Did did I freeze up? Oh, I never mind. You you just said, Hey, no, you said, Hey, no politics here. And I was like, Oh, I would never uh, think that you would include that within your argument here. Um, No, I'm just saying like the no, like not, including the Cy Youngs and stuff. Yeah. Like I, it sucks what do you that think, we're Coop? agreeing so much on this. No, I mean, like we're like we're in agreement. I don't see him as being like. That's the tough thing is like we said at the very start of this. Like we're very happy with where the bullpen is right now, so it's more of kind of like who is being dropped down to replace those two guys. And like I'm still so set in my mind that like Pavetta would be one of those guys that you drop down, and uh, that's who we should talk about next. Oh. What I, I mean, just jump right into it. Yeah, he's going to the bullpen. Like I by by this time, we're in our time machine. We're going to June. We're bordering on July. He's in the bullpen. Yeah, and he, I, I just, I feel like people, especially this off season, got so attached to the fact that he didn't get hurt last year and threw a bunch of innings. And sort of just attach themselves to that reliability as something that's very important. But when you have eight capable starting pitchers on the team, I don't think durability is quite as important for a pitcher that's not one of your like studs. Like, why, why do I care if my five starter is durable when there's a six, seven, and eight starter who can step in and be just as good? And I think we've seen his stuff play out of the bullpen, although, albeit briefly, but we have seen it play out of the bullpen. He has velocity. He can hopefully be one of those multi-inning guys. Like, I think Pavetta could step into the bullpen and be more than just, like, some low-leverage guy. Like, he could throw real innings for this team. high leverage innings too. Like we yeah. we saw him and and this is again like jumping like the presence of mind right now is how good these Red Sox are and how high they can climb in the AL East rankings and it's kind of like if you do get to the postseason we've seen him in those high leverage situations like we've seen him like needing to come in when you know there are runners on there are like you, you can trust him. Like, that's the thing. It's like all these, well, I don't know. It just happened to my screen there. Um, but like, it, it's, it's cool having like all these young guys in there and they're working right now. But if we are to get into that situation where we're in the postseason, there is a sense of, well, a lot of these guys haven't been here before and you don't know how they're going to react with like all the pressure on them. And, I know that's like a whole cliche of like, oh, well, pressure doesn't really get to professional athletes, but it is like, oh, it's Fenway, Park, Fenway Park gets rocking. Like, how are those guys going to handle those situations? Like, it, it is what it is. And like, 
Pavetta has been in I that mean, situation. And that's that's the guy that you want in there also leading the rest of them. Yeah. That, I mean that game that game against against Tampa in the playoffs when he stepped in, like that was a that was incredibly an incredibly high pressure environment. And he went out there and straight up dominated a tough team in and got out of jams in multiple of those innings. Like he's shown he can do it. And and to be honest to you, in terms of Nick Pavetta, the starter, he's gotten worse each of now the last three years. Like last year he was worse than he was in 21. And this year he's worse than he was last year to this point. Like he's got like a five and a half FIP pretty much matches what he's doing ERA wise. Like what you're going to get from him is like five innings, four runs, which I'm pretty sure is what he did against Cleveland his last start. But that's just what you can expect. And I, I think we've got more talented guys here that can do better than that. And I suppose the one issue here is he's going to be freaking pissed if he gets put in the pen. Like he's, he's, he's expressed that to people that he would be pissed in the bullpen. But you know, at a certain point, at some point you have to tell like a guy like, Hey, like, well, maybe you need to be performing better at like in the position that you're in right now. Like I, like you're a big leaguer. That's the kind of stuff that ends up happening. And if you can't live with that, then I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like it would be necessarily be bad for his career. Like Josh Winkowski was starting games last year and not doing very well most of the way. And, you know, he's come out this year as a reliever and it's been insane. Like Nick Pavetta could have a similar career trajectory. Who knows? Like there are going to be like teams pay for that. I, I know it's I know it's about money with these guys. Teams pay if you can throw multiple innings out of the bullpen and perform teams pay for that. Hey, Ken. Well, I mean, Kenley's more of a closer, but I'm trying to think of a, uh, like what Kendall Graveman got. No. And Oh, Andrew Miller's a good example back with the Yankees when he signed with the Yankees. Yeah. He got a big money. Like Kendall Graveman threw one good year before, before he signed with the White Sox. He off one good year. He, he parlayed that into a three-year deal. So it's doable. Like these but. guys get paid. Like it, it would be tough, but at a certain point, like I, I'm, I have a hard time. Envi- like I know we're talking about perfect world. I actually have a hard time envisioning a world where he starts games the entire year for the Sox. Like I, I, I think it's realistic that he ends up in the bullpen. Yeah. Or gets traded. I don't know. There, I mean, but like that's the, like I think like that's like the conclusion of this whole thing is like I, even once we go past this like time marker that we have the bull like the whole staff is going to continue to just like alter and change that's what it's been this season of like you're yeah. really unsure of what's going on and i think that's just going to be the narrative it's you're going to get to august and it's still going to be like all right heim's trying something new here with cora and let's see what we do or we're going to hit september and depending where they are in contention like you're still going to be seeing them like being like well, let's like try this out. Like, let's see how maybe like this format's going to work for a bullpen setup or for like a rotation at this time. That it's just even with this like whole like all right, this is what it's going to be in the future. We're still going to have this unclear picture like moving forward of how this staff will operate. Which like that's what makes this kind of fun for a year. Oh, it's because, fascinating. Yeah. Cause like the, you could trot, they could trot out like a certain rotation or a certain like combination of pitchers out of the bullpen. And like, you could be like, Oh, I really like how this like righty lefty lefty, like just went like that worked really well 
let's see how maybe that we can ride that for a week and see how long that can last. Cause I think this is just going to be like a year of like trends of seeing what works in that, like those positions. Yeah. I mean, they'll do some experimenting, like obviously injuries are going to make some decisions for them. You know, they'll make some decisions based off who, who they're playing. Like if it's a divisional game and then like, like you said, like in September when, when it's go time, if this team is, you know, on the borderline of a playoff spot, they'll make some tough decisions, you know, that they have to make, you know, versus, you know, developmental decisions. Yeah. So we got one more coop. We got one more. Oh, what the hell do you do with James Paxton? I, he's having good appearance. He had that one really bummy appearance out of the bullpen in uh Worcester. I think he, he, like, he only got two outs. Uh, he yeah, saw nine bad. batters, seven of them scored. But since then, he's really turned it around. I was talking to Cooper Braveman yesterday at the ballpark uh, who does broadcasting for them. And he said like his location's been really good, but when he throws a curveball, he does not really know where it's going. Hmm. Which that's not what you love to hear from a pitcher. So particularly a starting pitcher. Yeah. Um, I think they have like him slated for two more starts before they really make a decision on what's going on there. But I think it's just one more. I I think that's the big point there is what's really going on there. I think it's supposed to be just one more. So it's going to get really interesting. Like I I think Jen McCaffrey reported that today. That it was going to be one more, but just one more start. They, all right. Yeah. But they, they keep saying like everything that they've said that the team has said has told us like, he's going to be a starting pitcher and you know what? Maybe they try it. Like he, I guess he does. I mean, you've invested a, over a year now into this guy. Like, I guess like give it a go for a bit, but if we're talking like our ideal rotation here to, to me, like until he, proves otherwise he's just not in it and we've got a bullpen yeah that has been at times this year short on lefties you know bernardino has definitely settled that a little bit but who knows how long he's going to keep this up like that you can always use an effective lefty out of the bullpen i know they don't think that that'll necessarily be the best thing for paxton's health but he's a four million dollar asset like him getting hurt is not going to break your season. Like I, I yeah, think it, him... it's kind of like, Hey man, like what, like what other, it's either like, you're going to just like ride out like on the bench or down in Worcester, or you can actually like try something out here. And if it doesn't work, then it's like, Oh, well that's the end of it. Like, exactly. He, like I think, I think he's at the end of his career here, regardless, like you might as well try some, I shouldn't say that that's kind of like messed up, but it, <laughs> it's not going in the right direction. <laughs> um, no, sir, certainly not. No, this is, it is kind of make or break. That was a like harsh reality you, right there, but I mean, like, that's the, like, that's the truth. Like you, you have to try something out at some point where it's kind of like, this is what I need to do to stay relevant within the game. Yeah. And he's going to have such like, for whatever starts he does get, the leash is going to be so short, both in terms of like innings when he's out there and also starts that he gets. But I do, I do have a little bit of hope that when he does start games, assuming that happens, they'll have one of these guys, whether it's 
Cutter or like if they do move Hauk to the pen, like a guy like that to piggyback him because I don't think it's wise to count on six innings from Paxton. So like you might need that. But yeah, I think talking ideal rotation June, like he's in my bullpen. And if he doesn't work out there, like I have no issue cutting bait there. If Paxton were to make it six innings, I would consider it like a little league game and just be like, hey man, you win a complete game. Congrats. Like I I would I, be yeah. shocked. That's not shocked, but like that's just like that six solid innings, especially like six innings out of anyone in this like rotation right now is like a huge accomplishment. Yeah. How many times has it happened? Like Hauk did it once, Whitlock did it once, Sales done it twice. Is that it? Sale did it this past start, correct? He went six and yeah. two thirds. Yeah, I think third. it was six, six and a third. Thirds. Yeah. Yeah. Six and one. And then he did it against so. the Twins. So, yeah. yeah. Damn. There, what, there's what just going to be so much going on. Like like I said, there's going to be moving parts all season. But we've got to wrap this up because we are coasting right now, as fun as the conversation has been. But any final thoughts as we head into? Because today's going to be a big day, the Manoa, Manoa Verdugo game for people listening on drop day, which is Wednesday, game three of the Blue Jays Red Sox series. We talked about this on radio. Verdugo, you know, he said Manoa doesn't go about it the right way when he's talking about like celebrating. Um, Manoa said he doesn't care about anything coming from that type of player or whatnot. Whereas Verdugo's now one of the hottest outfielders. And yeah, what Manoa's... type of player are you talking about, Alec? What type of player yeah. are you talking about? I mean, like Alec Manoa has just been like puttering around now. Like he's just like a mid-tier like pitcher. Yeah, he has. If he comes out and hits him, it's kind of like, dude, you're you're soft. Oh yeah. And for if, if I think the Celtics start at eight o'clock socks start at, at seven. So even if you're planning on watching the Celtics, make sure you turn, you tune in for the first inning, get that first at bat. Alec Manoa. He's going to Verdugo's going to lead off. He's going yeah. to lead off. <laughs> He's probably going to get a hit. Cause Alex Verdugo, when he really wants to come through, seems to always come through. So this it's like, the first at bat against Manoa to me almost feels like it's like walk off time. It's like get a single there and like you go home happy. Yeah, yeah. He, oh my God. Oh, if he gets fun. a if he gets a leadoff hit, Manoa is going to be rattled. Like I, I don't think he finishes that game like under his own terms. I think he gets knocked around. Like that first at bat is going to mean so much. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Um, but on that note. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed already, you're lame-o, do it. Um, and any other notes, listen on the Odyssey app, I guess. Yeah, they listen. download the Odyssey app, then listen on the Odyssey app. Then you can also tune into the game. That's right. You can tune into pregame. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we do that on Saturdays. You can listen to us there. Uh, and then you can listen to the game. Listen to Will and Joe. Chop it up. Sometimes Lou. Lou's been doing it. Lou's been great. You can listen to Lou on the Odyssey app, so go and do that. Um, All right. Peace out.